Hello, hi there. Uh, this is Carlos from the Happy Startup School. This is uh, part of a series of webinars that we do uh, relating to the themes uh, that we are running through uh, with our community. So last month, the theme was collaboration. And because of that, also um, one of the people on the call today is Lee. Uh, he had a question on the community around remote working and what it entailed, some kind of things to think about if you wanted to introduce remote working into your business. Uh, it prompted a quite an interesting, lively discussion on the group. So we thought, why don't we take it online and sort of like maybe discuss it face to face. So with me, I have Sophie Cramphoff. Um, uh, actually, I'll get you all to introduce yourselves really rather than me trying to <laughs> remember what everyone does and how they like to be introduced. So why didn't you start, Sophie? Thank you, Carlos. So yeah, my name's Sophie Cramhaft. I, from a remote working perspective, I've been remote working now for the last 13 years. Um, always in international jobs, always had teams and managers elsewhere, and, and also since setting up my own business uh, about um, 12 months ago, all my clients are elsewhere. So everything I do is remote uh, connection with people everything is remote and i'm based just outside copenhagen in denmark excellent uh right hi i'm ryan hannah uh vp of product and engineering for a company called swirkit we are a completely remote team um mostly in the us i myself am here in brighton um, so we've been doing this for full time for three years now um and enjoying it and embracing the remote life. Brilliant. Lee? Oh yeah, um, I'm Lee Machin. I'm a programmer at Typeform in Barcelona. Um, I haven't actually worked professionally remotely for a long period of time for a while, but um, my current focus is on trying to introduce remote working policies where I am right now. Brilliant, thank you very much guys. So, um, what, like Lee, well, like I said before, Lee was thinking about how remote working could work with him at Typeform, um, and we thought we'd come up with a few topics around the discussions, some things. Uh, I think it'd be nice to kick off in terms of finding out your own personal experiences around remote working, um, mm. and what it's like to be as an, an employee and a remote worker. Um, I don't know if Sophie, you, you've had a lot of experience around that. Yeah, so I've also always worked for IT companies. So there's, there's been the advantage when I've been working remotely that I've had technology to use. And I think that's made a big difference for being able to feel connected because every meeting that I attend, even remotely, everybody does use their webcam. Whereas I know that's not a culture in, in many other companies. And it's been like that for many years. So there's been a way to sort of connect and see people. Um, I, I have, I, I found as a working mom, I started when I had, you know, small children doing it and I found that there was a lot of benefits, um, from being able to work from home and work remotely. But I also had a company that made sure there was some travel budget so that maybe we would see each other once a quarter. And I, I can see that that connection enabled us to then continue to work remotely. And, and so I, I think it's a challenge if you never meet anybody. Um, and, and so that, that's, that's been a lot of my experience that I can do it. You have to be quite disciplined. Um, but I had companies that it was very much part of the culture. 
and I was certainly not the only one, everybody I worked with, I think it would have been quite different if there had been like a head office and I was the 1% that worked differently. I was one of you know, many people that weren't in a central office. So as, as a lifestyle um, or how it fits in with the lifestyle you wanted, remote working is, is something that's is working well for you? Yeah, I think also because I, I've always had either team members or clients on different time zones. So it's enabled me to have a flexibility. I don't feel that I start at nine and finish at five. There is, you know, early work, there could be late work, every day can look a little bit differently. And that enabled me to fit in, you know, exercise during the day and fitting up the children and, and all those elements around that. So it, it, I never had that, you know, you hear about people, oh, I'm gonna just sort of sit and watch TV all day. I never had that sort of, temptation from remote working um i always made sure that i had a a space to work even when at home and and sort of be quite this is my working space as opposed to just sitting on the sofa with my computer because otherwise it can be like some weird crazy lifestyle yeah it sounds like you need to have some discipline there so with you ryan you're like you're actually leading a team that's working remotely it's, it's, and uh, I think you've started, it was a conscious decision from the start and the way you work at work it. Is that right? Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we're all remote. So, I mean, you don't, yeah, again, you don't have that, um, you know, misunderstanding with people who maybe aren't as remote and people who, who are. Um, but, you know, as a, as a company, we've actually, you know, that is like our, our culture. It's that remote life kind of thing. We have a, um, we use Slack and we have a channel on there called remote life. And that's where we, you know, take pictures of, you know, having your feet up, looking at the beach with your laptop on your lap, kind of doing things and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we, we kind of hire into, we hire people in who we know are going to be a bit more mature about that type of situation. Uh, people who can, who can be self-starters, um, who are going to understand that, you know, nobody's going to be sitting there, you know, staring over your shoulder, making sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and we just all, we do that and we get on with it um and yeah it's been it's been really good for us and you know we're spread out across uh, four different time zones and just kind of it just works carlos you're on mute <laughs> sorry <laughs> thanks a lot ryan so lee this is something you're interested in bringing up in the bring to type form is there, is there any yeah are there any challenges you foresee at the moment with having that happen yeah so for maybe two months so far just over two months more or less um, we've been trying to implement it as an informal routine within my own team we have a team of six people um at first we took the advice from the community the, the chat on slack and kind of implemented it gradually which made it a lot easier to transition to you know to to um, build up the discipline that is required to work remotely more often so we just do it on every wednesday once a week and um so that it, it kind of reduced um the stigma around around working remote, remotely which has been mentioned by sophie in particular you know you go home and you just sit on the couch and slob out all day because no one's there to watch you doing what what you're doing so um it kind of removes that barrier to uh, to continue to, to do it on a much more frequent basis 
the main challenges we've noticed so far with this is it's all communication. It seems to be that and no matter what problem you come up with, with working remotely when it comes to collaborating with the team, it's always a communication that seems to bring things down. Um, so uh, what we've noticed with us, at least with different people within the team, that our communication styles, what made this more difficult than it otherwise would have been. Not everybody is used to talking asynchronously on Slack or by email or in other channels. They expect someone to be there immediately and to, to be able to, to grab people's attention as and when they need it. So if you weren't in the office with them, then they would struggle to keep up to date. And of course, when everyone's working together in the office and just one or two people on the team outside of the office, then you kind of get the inner clique within the group where everyone together kind of does all their work together. And then on the outside, you're kind of abandoned by the team unless you constantly remind them of your presence. So, um, so what we had to do to try and work around that, and I'm not sure how successful it's been, but it seems to help some of the, like some of the other people on my team. It was to introduce like webcams, live feeds, so there's always an always on, um, you know, a camera feed and ability to talk to the team as if you were there. It's kind of like you know the iPads on sticks that some companies have, so you can pretend to actually be there when you're not. And it, it facilitates these different styles of communication between the team and it kind of shows that everyone's empathetic towards uh, making each other comfortable with working together in different places where you're more comfortable. Um, I experience around uh, what uh, Lee was talking about in terms of feeling or getting used to the asynchronous bit. <laughs> Yeah, I think part of, you know, bringing up the empathy of, you know, understanding what it's like for the people who are being remote. Um, I think it's important that, you know, even if you're doing it in kind of like a mixed environment where some people are in the office, some people aren't, um, letting those people who are, you know, normally in the office experience what it's like and, you know, experience the, you know, things come up, um, you know, you're supposed to be on a call and something comes up and, um, you know, just being out and about, they can actually, um, you know, see the, the pros and the cons and, you know, sometimes how hard it can be to, you know, be that mature person who's, you know, staying focused and doing all that. And they kind of get that respect for what you're doing. And um, they put themselves in that same position. And, you know, and again, like with the communication stuff, they've seen, you know, what's tough and, you know, how hard you're working as the remote person to actually make that happen. So. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I just had a thought and I've lost it. And <laughs> um, yeah, the thing I've noticed with this as well is that you do put a lot of work into communicating asynchronously on Slack. You kind of have to take charge of that and poke people constantly, whereas you might not do it in person. But it has, um, like, you have to expect that people are looking on Slack, for example, if you use Slack for communication or you use these other asynchronous methods, because otherwise you're kind of broadcasting into thin air and if no one's actually paying attention to those other channels then no matter how hard you try to stay integrated with the team when you're remote or to try and keep the team together when you're all remote then it's you know it falls on deaf ears and it ends up making life more difficult than it otherwise would be i think this, this it all goes back to discipline i think it's discipline and communication like if you have neither of them then 
it doesn't matter if you're remote working or not, you're just going to have problems with your team anyway. <laughs> Sophie, you, you have some experience? Yeah, I think, I think the team meeting <coughs> and the connection has always been important. Um, at, at one point in my career, I was leading a team where people were from Romania, Middle East, UK, and, and on the East Coast in the US. And it was like, well, how do we connect when we can't have lunch together, when we can't have that chit chat? And you know, at the time people in the team were going through different things in their lives, you know, having kids, whatever, different stages, and which was, was very important for me that they were people and not just, you know, robots within the team. So having, I used to have a team meeting once a week where we didn't talk about any projects. We just almost had that like Friday lunch chatting connection thing. And yeah, it felt a little weird to start the first couple of times where we went around the table, like, what are you doing at the weekend? How are you? But it actually became a really good meeting that everybody attended. And we also did, um, it's more of a US tradition, but things like baby showers, we had virtual ones of those. Um, and really did a lot of celebrations, you know, over virtual, over webcam and telepresence and other communication because it was a way of keeping the team together. And I think now I, I'm experiencing listening to Lee when you're working on projects, you do need almost that like daily sort of scrum come together type of meeting. And it can't just be on Asana or, you know, Slack. It needs to be maybe 15 minutes, you know, together on webcam connecting and going, right, where are we? Who's got an issue? What's happening? Because you're right. Otherwise you lose that disconnect. So you, you have to have that. And I think I've found that, you know, some things you have to just, make happen like that team meeting is non-negotiable the rest of the stuff what you do you know the other hours okay you know that's the benefits of maybe working remotely and flexible but some things you know we all got to commit to and then it works ryan you had some thoughts around meetings and, and running meetings yeah definitely uh, exactly what um sophie was talking about you know the that at least once per week um you know this is at the exact same time people have it on their schedules they know about it so you know you know, you're, you're planning childcare at home and, you know, your spouse understands that, okay, yeah, I know you always have this call at 3 p.m. that day, so, you know, we can plan around that. Um, so that consistency and everything, um, it, you know, it's harder to, when you're remote, to just kind of, you know, if you imagine you're in an office, you can kind of just like poke your head into somebody's office and be like, hey, you, you mind coming over here and doing this thing real quick? Like, it's really hard to do that remotely. Um, so scheduling is always important. Um, and then just being flexible and understanding that, you know, somebody's going to be on the call and they're going to say, you know, somebody's coming to replace this refrigerator in 20 minutes. Um, I'll be in and out. You know, you just, you start to understand that, you know, I get that we're going to be flexible and um, you know, it makes it, it makes it good to do. And um, kind of tying into what Sophie was saying as well, we, we actually, you know, we have a structure. So there's a, um, we use a, a Google presentation for our weekly calls. So people can go in before the meeting, update all the slides, you know, so even if somebody does miss it, they actually can see all the content that we're going to be discussing. Um, they may miss out some of like the, you know, we, we spend a little extra time talking about this one slide, but we'll add some notes to it. Um, so you can get that, um, that understanding before, during and after the meeting so that everybody is on the same page. Uh, and we, we end all of our meetings with a, uh, you know, just a, the question of how are you doing? Uh, so that's where we go through and we just talk about like, Oh, you know, Patriots won Super Bowl. Um, you know, is it going crazy there, or you know, anything like that? Um, you know, you just take that time to get to know each other and you know, laugh and 
um, find out how people's families are and what they did over the weekend and that sort of thing. So that helps. Yeah, I would agree with 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 Ryan that there's you need to have more personal chit chat in a meeting than maybe somebody that is used to just being in a corporate office is like, whoa, you know. But otherwise, you never get to know anybody. So having that little bit of how are you, how's the weather, what's going on, it doesn't make you feel like some lonely person and you have no connection with the world. So that that's something that. I, I, I do and I, I feel it's very much needed in those remote meetings, particularly with colleagues. I love the, the use of using Google, Google presentations as a way to add some structure and flow to, or an agenda that people can watch or actually look at afterwards as well as follow during the call. Do either you or Ali or Sophie, do you, have you tried something well, how do you structure your agenda to make sure people know what you're going to be tackling during a meeting? Um, we don't. In fact, it's an interesting idea. Like, I've never heard of that before, so I'll be sure to share it, like, with my colleagues. But generally, um, I think it's, it's just a separate challenge entirely, just trying to keep everyone on task on a meeting while also, you know, um, kind of keeping connected with each other. Um, so most of our discussions, especially when someone, well, even if everybody's on site and not just with some people remote and some people together, like we end up uh, going off topic into random things without any structure anyway. It usually means that meetings go on for a lot longer than normal, but in some way people feel comfortable with that sometimes. It's an opportunity to, you know, um, maybe take some of the seriousness out of work. I think for, for me that a lot of the meetings are recorded so that you can watch them afterwards. So if you are not able to attend, there is, um, there's a recording of it. So yeah, it's trying to find the time to watch the recording, but you know, if you have missed out on something for some reason, you're not excluded. And here you go, you can watch the recording and see the presentation and, and notes um, from, from many of the meetings that I've missed. And, I think when you're remote working, you've almost got to get used to the feeling of that FOMO, the fear of missing out, because you will always miss out on something. You'll miss out on maybe a meeting because it's in the wrong time zone or a conversation in the office. And it, it's, it's a, a mental shift that I think you need to make out that you need to make. And that's, I, I think I've, I've really got there, but maybe for the first couple of years, it was a, a change. It's an interesting point Lee was making around um, if you don't have a structure, meetings can maybe go a bit longer than, than you want. And sometimes I know from experience, it, it can stop people from, from wanting to join the meetings again because they feel they're wasting a lot of time. George McCrory, who was, a, who was supposed to join the call, made a point around an asynchronous kind of meeting where using technology such as Slack to just post where what you've done, what you're going to do next, and what you're having trouble with, without having to all be on the call or on the on the chat room at the same time. Then is that something of that's useful as a remote worker? Do you think that works, or does that lose too much connection? I I tend to do that just as a matter of course. It's almost like you can use Slack as your Twitter feeds your team in a way. So you just send messages, hey, I'm doing this right now. At the end of the day, yeah, I did this today. Tomorrow I'm going to look at this. I'll continue with it. Tomorrow morning, do the same thing. Um, usually doing it without an expectation of a response or a discussion, but just to put it out there. So 
even if people do ignore it, you can still point back to it or at least remind yourself what has happened. And so you don't have, to, so your presence isn't demanded for every single meeting to perform these updates in person. I find it personally really helpful, but I think it would be a lot more effective if everybody is on board with the same thing. So I think the, the uh, George's idea is, I think it's a really good one. Cool. Um, and so another thing was interesting was um, to do this, I think remote working has been uh, much more possible because of technology. Uh, it sounds like there's lots of technology out there that can help with the connection, but be interesting to know how you guys have used technology in different ways to tackle various challenges or maybe you have or problems you have with remote working. I don't know who would like to pick that up. First. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's said it already, but you know, for us, it's, it's because of Slack that we can do this kind of thing. And you know, the, sure there's going to be similar things that come out, but you know, a place that is like a, you know, the ongoing conversation that you can check in and check out of, um, and get those reminders. And we, you know, we use different, um, different spots within that. So, you know, we have one called Oscar who, uh, who just asks us how we are every day, um, or every other day and just says like one to five, how you doing? Um, and it's been really interesting, like seeing those results because it's, it's basically always, you know, it's just my, you know, what we found is it's based on, um, you know, how you're feeling is usually based on knowing that, that knowing the plan, like kind of having a plan of what you're doing, not feeling that you're like, you know, what am I doing today? Why am I doing it? Um, so, um, you know, management people would love to hear that. It's just, you know, if you get people knowing what they're doing and they're be able to be still starting and taking care of it you know, they love it too. Um, and then physical health uh, has always been, um, you know, the fluctuation of is somebody's high or low. Um, so, you know, making sure that you can take that time, you know, being remote is nice because you can, you know, maybe go work out in the morning or in the afternoon and um, I don't know, just spread that out throughout the day in a bit different way. Um, and then other technologies we use, we use Screen Hero, you know, from being, we do a lot of development. So Screen Hero allows us to kind of continue to get that pair programming sort of style, um, you know, I can imagine it's basically you're sharing your screen and, you know, either person can be in control of the, the mouse, keyboard and everything like that. So you, you know, you can be doing the same kind of things with design. You can be doing the same things with, um, you know, any of the planning that you're doing, but you're, it feels like you're set side by side at the computer uh, working together. So that, that kind of stuff is really nice. Cool. So you know, I, from a technology perspective, um, it depends on who I'm working with. You know, um, I use Cisco WebEx a lot as a, as a tool and there you've got webcam and you've got integrated whiteboard and you can share presentations and you can record it. Um, I also use a, um, a spark room with some clients, a Cisco product. I use Jabba to chat with people, but then other clients I use, you know, we're all on Skype and that's how we connect and they seem to like to chat that way. So it can really depend on who I'm working with uh, and the situation. But I think the common thing is it's also whenever I meet, I do switch on my webcam. I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that, but that to me is like the number one, because if I was turning up at a meeting, you know, I would be there and show my face and talk and I want to use eye contact and body language as much as I can. So when I look at technology, is that possible to use that? Um, and, and, and that's, that's maybe my focus. Manage things at the moment. We missed the first bit of your question. Oh, sorry, Lee, how do you manage things at the moment with technology? Is it similar kind of tech stuff? 
Yeah, um, it shows some story to what Ryan says, like we use Screen Hero, or we try to at least. It's a fantastic tool, especially when you're programming. Um, it actually facilitates, I find that it facilitates um, a mentoring approach with these things a lot better than it can sometimes work in person. Um, just because of the, the focus that it provides you. So I, I actually find that better when working remotely than doing it face-to-face. -face. Um, in general, like we, we don't tend to use that much technology. I don't know, I don't know if there's a specific reason for this, but from my personal perspective, you know, aside from the chat applications, you know, Slack, WhatsApp, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, and the, the tools to communicate over a webcam, it feels like the less technology you rely on, the better. Because I think there's a risk. There's certainly one that I've tried to avoid, which is that your work day just becomes um, a series of going through different web apps and updating them, and then doing a bit of work in between those. And then you're just kind of maintaining like various glorified to-do lists, which are tracking various kinds of work, and it ends up being a like a mini bureaucracy in a way. So we've got a, a technology question from uh, someone on the call, Alex, who's asking uh, if any, which software do you recommend for a whiteboard function during meetings? Is there anything that, yeah. I, just, I mean, WebEx has it built in, so I, I do use do use that as a whiteboard and that that's quite good. Um, I, you know, I, I find whatever it is you can normally square your sh sorry share your screen you know even on like zoom here we could you know do that and you could be typing in a word document or whatever i think as as ryan and lee said some of the the technology where the other person can actually also um annotate on it, it is is something that you should be looking for because then you can start having that sort of dual interaction yeah, we, in terms of what we used to, I mean, again, you know, Google Docs and, you know, Google presentations, that sort of thing, like, you can just go there and, you know, it's really reliable. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, we use, we've used all sorts of different video apps, you know, Hangouts and um, Appearin and just, it just never seems consistent. But like the consistent thing has always been, um, you know, some, some document online that you can all just look at, start adding to, um, you know, you type little notes out while you're, you know, going through it. So that's helped us and it's, it exists forever if you want it to. So. Cool. Excellent. So, um, it's kind of really the next thing that we want to try and discuss is you have the autonomy and flexibility of working at home, but actually how do you make it work in reality? And what are the things that you've tried to, to, to help put some structure on what could be potentially a very uh, structureless environment. I, I would, I, I do work a lot with my calendar and blocks of time. Um, and I take, a, I take a step back and think, well, what tasks do I need to do? As opposed to almost the, okay, am I sitting in the office, you know, for eight hours a day? So I, I structure my, my sort of days as in, okay, what do I want to get done today? And maybe if I have a lot of energy and creativity, it's going to take me less time. And other days it will take me longer. And if I, you know, have a bit more free time, then maybe I do something else in my life. Um, I, I look at it holistically and luckily I've had sort of great leadership and mentors that have sort of given me role models and said, work can be all consuming. You've got to drive that. And I, you know, I heard that message, you know, 
a lot maybe 10 years ago. So I, I, I took that approach, yes, with clients, with colleagues, with managers in different time zones. I could have been on email and answering nonstop, but you've got to control it and you've got to know when to say stop. And I do believe it's important to have that time to, you know, I, I got a dog and I, you know, go out for a walk with her. And, and, and I can see colleagues that just book back to back to back meetings. And I, I don't think that's particularly healthy. So I, I make sure that I have those breaks and I never feel guilty about it. And if there's one day that I have a little space and I want to watch some TV, okay, that's also okay. Um, because I know that I'm sort of working towards what I want to do at a higher level and those tasks that I need to get done. Cool. So there's that perception sometimes that people think of work as I need to work X number of hours in a block and that's the only way I can yeah. value the way I work. Yeah. So it's trying to break away from that kind of concept. Yeah. You know, and yes, yeah. you have deadlines and you have tasks and you have things to do, but you also need to look after yourself. And if you've got a young family or you've got commitments or whatever it is, you also need to fit that into the 24 hours that we have each day. Yeah, I too. It's one, of the, it's one of the hard parts about being remote is that, you know, you're always at the office because there is no office. So, you know, making sure that you, you know, are cognizant of, you know, being on and being off and making sure that that time, you know, you're taking that time off. And, you know, if you're in a leadership position, taking time off and showing people, you know, I'm not going to be around, you know, it could, you, the, you know, sometimes it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going on vacation, but, you know, I, I could jump on this call because, you know, I, you know, I'm working any, you know, I'm, I'm available, but you don't, just don't do it, you know, and you encourage other people not to do the same thing. Um, you know, other things too is, you know, finding a physical space, you know, at your house or, uh, you know, at least at your house, having somewhere like, you know, you're, you have a desk somewhere that this is like, when I'm sat here, you know, I'm focused and I'm doing this thing. And the people around you also know that, oh, you know, you know, you know daddy's over there, he's doing his thing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get back to him in a little bit or, um, you know, in the same kind of regard, like having, taking time to get yourself to, you know, maybe like a co-working space to have that, you know, in person talking to other humans, um, interacting. It's just always nice to mix it up and to have that option available. Um, I think, it's, you know, can really help. Yeah, I think, um, I think that touches on a really important, a really important point, and that is setting boundaries, like personal boundaries. Because if you do work remotely, you've just kind of removed the distinction of work and life being two separate things. Basically, they're the same thing now because you work where you live and vice versa. Um, so it does mean you have to take a lot of care about um, about what you do and when and how you structure that because it especially like in my field as a programmer it can be super easy to decide to work on a particular feature and then six hours later we've been in the zone you realize it's almost midnight and you've uh, you've got to sleep and eat and do all these other things and then you've got to carry on with it the next day at some point as well and it's a really quick way to burn out for, for no good reason just because you weren't aware of what you were doing um, but i think it also works the other way with boundaries so it's, it's yeah just uh, <laughs> what I say um so it's been it's been out it's been able to tell yourself when your work starts and begins and when your life starts and begins outside mm -hmm. of that also being able to tell the people you work with 
you know, like, no, actually you do need your space to do something. And no, they cannot dominate your time just because you happen to be out of the office and presumably free to, you know, to, to, you're, you're a lot more flexible to do things you might not have been able to do well together. Um, I think it also relates to if, if you're working remotely and you don't have a separate space to work and you have family. Like, I can tell you a story as a child when, well, not as a child, as a teenager, even when I first started programming, I worked from home doing freelance work. And like, it's really good being able to work from home, not having to commute. Like, it's all, no, it's ideal. But as soon as you're living with, for example, like for me, my mother, who uh, would constantly push to do chores, walk the dogs, and so on, it's like trying to repeatedly explain that you're actually doing work and you don't have time to focus on those things until you finish work is really difficult. And it has to be really insistent when other people are vying for your attention to say either, you're busy or you're not busy and then or you can make time for it later on. Cool. So it sounds like there's a there's a degree of discipline that you have to approach remote working with. Uh, and there's also this kind of level of coordination if you have a, a team that's spread up across various time zones and various locations, how do you make sure that you're all working towards the same direction? and how, how do you actually this is an interesting question well the question i had because one of the things when we were running an agency I, I wasn't too keen on remote working because i thought of the the friction it would cause in terms of getting decisions made quickly but in terms of like dependencies and having to wait on other people to get something done and coordinating work is, is it just good project management or does remote working make it harder or easier to, to get stuff done? Anyone who... Uh... I know, it, it's, it's, it's maybe hard for me to answer that because that is my life and that is how I do things. And everybody I'm working with is, is remotely in project management and some sort of connection and communication. I think it's, it, it is a lot of the... Um, asking the question and being very clear you know when can this be done because you're right you can't go and have a maybe a small chat about it or something so you have to be when can you get this done is there, is there any more information that you need from me etc ask a lot of very clarifying questions because what you don't want is to you know end up in sort of an email argument well you know i should have had this yesterday but maybe you know that wasn't clear from from the start and that can be with suppliers that you're working remotely with you know clients with colleagues it's it's having a lot of of clarification and sometimes don't get down in the email arguments you know sometimes the best thing is if you're working remotely and you have an issue to pick up the phone and have that conversation um i think we can often get more argumentative on emails um so i I think you can absolutely do something. You know, I've worked on many, many things remotely over the last few years from putting large events together to executing, you know, a rollout of a tool. And that's, that's how I do it. But it is a lot of, it is a lot of communication and, and respect for what people have said and trust. Cool. Okay. Ryan, do you have any thoughts? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we're a team of six, so we, you know, each individual kind of, you know, has their role to do, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, 
they're going to go off and do it. It is about the, you know, planning and making sure people understand, you know, the overall vision and, you know, are we, you know, we, we review our mission and our goals every call, you know, every Monday call too. And so, you know, as long as it's fitting into that and fitting into what's important at the time, um, you know, people are pretty good about checking themselves to say, you know, am I on the right track? And, you know, you just have to be, you have to want to reach out and ask for help when you need it and, um, you know, be ready to help others. Because it feels like there's a time uh, when, when everyone knows what needs to be done, then it stands where remote working is perfect. But sometimes there's a time where it's maybe a bit fuzzy, things need to be hammered out maybe and made more specific. How, from your experiences, is, is, do you just need to get together physically to do that? Because it also relates to a question about how often do you see your colleagues and clients and, and how have you found that? If I, if I was, if I both look back on experience and if I was to sort of set up another team, I would say having that at least twice a year minimum get together to have that, okay, you know, two, three days connection. What are we going through? Um, vision and that alignment. Um, I think once a quarter is perfect. Um, but of course there's maybe a budget and a, you know, time and everything like that, but it is hard to, hammer out everything remotely <laughs> um so if you can find the way to do it twice a year at least ryan your, your team is spread out across across a, yeah, an ocean mm. um yeah so we we met together for the first time um all of us at the same time in may you know we i've met individuals here and there um you know so that's been good but yeah actually getting them together uh felt, you know, it was really important and, you know, made us realize we should be doing it, um, you know, hopefully twice a year um, to continue that connection. Uh, you know, we took one day where we didn't do any work. We just hung out. Um, and then the next day we, you know, sat, we, we did sit in office and we, you know, kind of just made plans and um, didn't try and, you know, do the actual work, but just did a lot more planning and focusing on, you know, the kind of things that you you need everybody to understand and to get their input um, and to kind of buy into and say like, yeah, this is the right way forward. Now let's go off and make it happen. Cool. With you, Lee, everyone's based in the same city, is that right at the moment? Um, yes, uh, we have an interesting arrangement. So the development team and most of the company works all in Barcelona, but we do have some departments who work remotely more often or as a matter of course, like for example, our content team, and we obviously have a customer support and success in the States to cover those time zones, and we can't do that in Barcelona. Um, I'm not too aware of their ex experiences, but um, it seems to be a common, like a common observation is that, I think it, there's a, a large component of culture and personality that affects um, the relationship especially when working remotely and it's it's like almost always better to do things face to face in the same presence with each other but it doesn't have to be so difficult when you are remote a lot of the reason why it is is because people still are in the habit of expecting everything to happen face to face um what i've personally noticed is that something's actually it, like some things can become more efficient when working remotely depending on who you are as a person for example i'm fairly introverted i know some other people are and for us it's a lot easier to communicate over slack and do things asynchronously than it is to 
being you know to be in in a place where you're expected to to uh, to poke people in person or constantly pester them in person and have face-to-face conversations about everything because sometimes it gets too exhausting um obviously and vice versa so i thought it was muted then <laughs> um so from our perspective it's been interesting how that works because um some things actually become more efficient when you're remote and you can plan things just fine so long as people are aligned on how things are being planned and that and the, that you do have the solid you know um, agenda afterwards or the solid way forward so you do know what you're doing when everyone disbands and moves apart cool i think Thanks, lee touches on a, an important point there because if you are very extrovert you know you I'm going to struggle maybe with being at home on your own all day. And as, as Ryan mentioned, you know, then if that's your company thing, then you need to find ways to interact with people, you know, locally near to you, whether that's remote office space or whatever it is to get that, because otherwise you'll be going crazy. Whereas I'm more likely, I like my space and quiet and this absolutely suits me. And then I can choose what I want to connect. My idea of how would be sitting in a, office every day you know having lunch with the same people it just doesn't suit me but you've got to see from that introvert extrovert side where do you get your energy from because that's going to impact the quality of your work as well cool so yeah all dependent on your personality and how you adapt so i think to wrap up i think it would be nice to just go around i think um just to give uh, your own personal pros and cons of living living the remote working life uh, help maybe people make a decision as to whether they should, they want to dive in so do you want to start off sophie Let's summarize yeah, your experience i, I would say yeah the, the the cons can be um yeah that maybe that feeling of a little bit of disconnection even though i'm you know that introvert is still nice to that connection and a con can be that whenever I've had to see people, it's had to involve getting on a plane and traveling because like Ryan, my team's often maybe been in the US. And so when you've had to see people, it's been a big, you know, shift. It's not like I can just go and visit them. So that, that's been a, a con to it. Um, and I think the, the positive sides have meant that I, I feel like work is much more integrated into my life. And it's, and that has enabled me to be much more balanced. I've been able to, you know, do the things that keep me healthy during the day, which I think is a very positive thing um, and, and to sort of shape a lifestyle. And I think it's very much suited me as a working mom to be able to work remotely. Awesome. Ryan? Found you. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that was the experience of remote working there. You had to kind of wait for me for a second. It's good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, kind of the you know the warnings are you know you, you need to feel passionate about what you're working on. You know, if you're trying to you know find this time and you know doing doing nothing is more fun than doing your work. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard for you. Um, you know, you need, if you need people pushing you to, to get work done, that's probably not the right place for you either because, you know, nobody's going to be there to do that. Um, there's obvious benefits when it comes to, you know, family life, you know, being able to, um, you know, share, share duties at home, um, spend time with your family more. 
um, you know, and, you know, for me, I guess doing you know, more development, it actually, you know, helps you put your head down and get focused and, you know, get work done, um, you know, without other distractions that an office might bring and, you know, without a commute. So uh, overall, you, you, you got to dive, you know, full in and, um, you know, just embrace that and get the full team understanding, you know, each person, you know, how each person feels and, you know, the life that they're living um, and how you can support that and support each other. I'm muted again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Lee, what, what, from your perspective, what was that? So I think the biggest cut up, I think many of the cons are just uh, because of the fear that surrounds working remotely, especially if you've never done it before and all of the stories about common misconceptions and, and you always hear how it goes wrong and this idealized version where you can go home and live the easy life when actually you're still working. Um, I think the biggest con is the threat of loneliness. Um, I think, like for me and self, we talk about being introverted. So I don't think that's as big of a deal as it could be if you have a different personality. But I think it, it demands that you take care of yourself. And you really do have to focus on yourself and not just your job to be able to do this well, I think. Um, yeah, uh, I think the, the biggest pro i would say is the freedom that it can provide um maybe maybe you think you know it's, it's perfectly fine to work in an office to spend eight hours a day in an office somewhere and then another two hours getting there and back at the start and the beginning um but i think it depends what you prioritize and what you value in your life and if you do like freedom and flexibility to do things your own way and have your own schedule and you have the discipline to do that so you can commit to it then I think the, the, the beauty of working remotely is that you have a lot more control over what you do with your day. Brilliant. Great. Well, that sounds like a great way to end it. Um, so, yeah, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed listening to this. Uh, thank you guys for joining me and giving us your input. Um, I've learned a few things and, uh, yeah, a lot of food for thought on how to build a team, really, and, and keep them connected. Sounds like regular trips to somewhere beautiful to just chill out <laughs> to keep people together as well as cracking the whip remotely. Okay, thank you very much. And so, yeah, uh, thanks, Sophie. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Lee. Uh, and thank, thank you, everyone, for watching. I'll uh, we'll catch you again for the next webinar. Bye. Bye. Bye.